The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. In affiliated American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers to inspire the population to go for their dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. As a California and San Francisco Bay Area resident, we rely much on our San Francisco Bay Area Rapid Transit, or BART. NBC Bay Area reports that the BART system is increasing accessibility for its blind and visually impaired train riders in the San Francisco, California area. The agency just recently held a workshop on the topic. BART Manager of Customer Access Bob Franklin and San Francisco Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired Community Outreach Specialist Sherry Albers join us to talk about the agency's increased accessibility efforts. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Bob and Sherry, tell us about yourselves. Okay. Uh, So I've been at BART for about 25 years. Um, I oversee the customer access and accessibility department, which basically is how customers come and go to BART stations. And included in my 25 years were eight years where I was a member of the BART board of directors. Sherry? Hi. Um, I'm Sherry Albers, outreach specialist for Lighthouse. Um, I've been at Lighthouse for three years now. Previous to that, um, I've been a longtime advocate for the blindness community, holding leadership positions in um, blindness consumer organizations, um, involved in legislative affairs, and um, very much um, always um, a champion for um, blindness and advocacy and accessibility issues. Great job. Bob, how did BART and the Lighthouse decide to hold this very special workshop to help visually impaired train riders better navigate the system? Uh, well, Sherry and I happened to be sitting next to each other at a, a BART 50th um, anniversary event, and it was Sherry's idea 
for us to bring in an out-of-service train so uh, blind um, people could explore it without other passengers on the train. It gives them some safety and allows them to explore better than they would in, in a train that's moving in a revenue service. We do it about every five years, but we haven't done it with a new train car. And Sherry asked, and, and we did it, and about 200 people showed up. And including a lot of students, and I even got a pack a packet of thank you cards from some of the students um, for the event. It was really cute. They all wrote, you know, handwritten notes and in Braille as well. So it was it was a really great event. Bart's mission here is to increase accessibility. Sherry, I understand that some of the blind Bart riders find it frightening when they don't know where they're going. Tell us about that. Well. Yeah, it's not necessarily that we don't know where we're going. It's more of a matter of knowing where we are at any particular time. Okay. And I want to add something to what Bob was just saying about why we held the event. Um, and it, it, it also piggybacks to what you just asked me. Um, I had a very frightening experience, which led me to, um, having the event and, um, so when I was, um, uh, running late one morning and, and trying to rush onto a train that I heard was, um, at the station, um, at the plat, you know, at the platform, um, I was trying to jump on to a train that was there waiting to, um, at the, at the platform. And inadvertently, I thought I was running into the open doors of a Richmond train. And lo and behold, I was really almost jumping into the trackway. Okay. Because I was behind the train. So this leads to knowing where I was on the platform, which um, is, is kind of like your question of, you know, where do playing people always know where we are? Um, because I was almost going to be jumping behind the train into the trackway instead of jumping into the do- open doorway. So number one, <laughs> um, my cane saved my life because my cane told me that, no, Sherry, you're not going into the train. You're going into the trackway. Um, and um, so, yeah. So the fear is, Knowing where we are on the platform, know where we are in the concourse and um, at all times, you know, just are navigating the um, the BART station at any given time. Yeah, glad you didn't fall into the track, Sherry. That is mm-hmm. one scary drop down to those tracks. Yeah. And there's and an, so- also an electric third rail, and they Bart told you in those brochures all the years, beware of that rail. Right. And so at the 50th anniversary event, I saw the model of the tra- of the um, tracks, which Bart had um, available on the concourse. And that's when I said to Bob, I said, we need to have this at an event. So you know, people can see that when they do, if and if, not when, if there were an event where someone were to fall in, like I thought I was going to, and like I thought I was going to really seriously get hurt or worse, um, to know that number one, you know, there is, this is what what's going to be down there. There is a covering over the third rail, which I didn't know. The third rail is way on the other side, which I didn't know. And there is a place to seek refuge, refuse when you do 
if and when you do find yourself down there where you can, um, you know, hide yourself in case another train is coming. So, Bob, the workshop addressed Braille maps. Are are these maps for both the BART stations and the entire train system? Um, Yes. Uh, So... Uh, we do so actually this is again the lighthouse for the blinds initiative uh they they produce two types of maps in braille uh, and it is one is for the entire uh, bart system so you can see where the line you can feel where the lines go in, in the order of the stations antioch pittsburgh center pittsburgh bay point as well as the general layout for the stations um so so there's there's two types that you can order online through the lighthouse and and we've just gotten clearance that we're going to be offering these maps in our stations which is a new exciting development that's where they belong so if a blind rider shows up they can ask the station agent um, for these maps and will they'll be available for distribution um, and I also want to give um, sherry another shout out for you know we were we were bringing in this trade and sherry had experienced this mock-up at the 50th anniversary and she said could we have it at this when we brought in the trade and it's it's a big you know there's these steel rails and gravel and third rails and it, it was a pretty large display. And the the gentleman that built it for the anniversary met Sherry, and was really touched by you know the the need for it, and and went ahead and built this mock up, and it took eight people to build it and deliver it and to set it up and to tear it apart, and people really benefited from it. It was great for people to get to experience it in case they do fall on to the trackway. There is a safe area, so it was again you know Bart isn't perfect but if if you ask we we will you know there's a lot of you have a much better chance that we'll deliver sherry asked for the event we did it sherry asked for the the mock-up and we did that too bob bart is also bringing more accessible trains on board how are the trains more accessible to the blind and visually impaired so we have uh, two types of vehicles in our fleet, the older trains and then the newer trains. Uh, we about half the half of our fleet is new trains now. So they have more doors, three doors per side versus two. They're quieter inside. Um, and that's important because the, the, we do a lot of uh, announcements and if it's noisy um, it's hard to hear the announcements so we have these pocket doors that seal the noise out and people can hear the the announcements they're now automated so if a trade operator forgets or is distracted um, in, in making the announcements they the announcements are made that show the destination that tell the destination of the train the train stop, where to transfer for a connecting transit line. And also the speakers are spread out throughout the car. So they're not loud in a few areas. They're softer, but in more places. This is um, kind of it, similar to the Metro rail in Washington, D.C., where it's all where the announcements are all automated. And same thing with the dings when the doors close and they open. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it. People like it a lot better. It's It's consistent. And it, and it happens every time. There's also a, um, more the intercarbs are by the doors as opposed to at the very end, so they're much more easy to access 
if you want to contact the um, the train operator. There is one feature that's a little harder for blind passengers that I just wanted to call out is that there's door is that, that there's poles in the middle of the area by the 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 end doors on each car. So that's in- intended for people to stabilize themselves as the car takes off or stops and there's a there's a jerk in front of that. So it's 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 but but people uh, there there is a pole in the middle. So if you're using a a service animal or a cage, just to, it's something to be aware of. So um, you did show the blind passengers where they crawl, they fall on the tracks, and um, you have brought more. You're also bringing more accessible trains on board, which is great. Uh, now, um, do you completely fl- plan to get rid of the old BART train fleet and keep the new one, or keep both sets of cars for now? We, uh, we will keep the um, we were, we're we're transitioning to the new cars and the old cars have outlived their useful life, but until we it's a long process to get all new cars. So until that happens, we'll keep the older cars, just which is necessary to operate our service. Let's talk about safety a little bit more. Uh, what if there's an incident on a bar train car where the blind person is? some sort of safety incident that's affecting him or her. I'm not going to get into the full list of incidents, but what do you both think they should or could do? Okay, I'll take this one. So this is Sherry. Um, Because I I thought about it the other day. There was a disruptive um, passenger on the car. And um, I felt so much more safer. I mean, just to know... It turns out there nothing came of it, thank goodness. But um, because of the fact that I had gone to the training and I knew exactly where the button was that I could call the operator was such a comfort to me um, because, um, number one, I was sitting in the um, accessible um, seat right by the door um, and the call button was literally right over my shoulder. I knew exactly where it was. I knew I could call that operator. I knew what car I was in because I know where the car number is by the door and it's in Braille and print, large print, um, you know, tactile, um, that I wouldn't have any trouble identifying where I was, who I am, of course, and um, I could call the operator that I um, I would be safe, you know, I mean, relatively safe. I could, you know, identify what is going on, what is happening. Um, and that right there was, was a, um, a safety, um, precaution right there. So that, that's what I wanted to say about safety. There's also a, a an app if for those that don't want to get up from their seat or walk over to an intercom and potentially, um, have peace, uh, uh, someone here over here in the conversation you can report things to our bart watch app which goes directly to our bart police if you don't want to call attention to yourself that's another safety feature that that we're promoting now this bart watch app is available for iphones and google yeah can you expand on that a little bit more bob like tell i don't think i knew about the app uh so so if you have to get up and call Mm -hmm. the bart operator you're going to the BART operator is going to make a noise and, and people are going to hear what your conversation is. And if you're yeah. expressing some fear, you might not want to communicate that if you're trying to be a little uh, undercover. 
mm-hmm. about it, or if you're afraid to make that to to so so you could uh, uh, send a message to Bart Police through the Bart app that there's a problem on this train, and, and they will respond as the same way that they'll get the message through the Bart operator. So, what is the app called? Is it the regular Bart app, or it's called Bart Watch? Okay. It's downloadable for for nice. whatever phone you have. How do you both think the new accessibility enhancements are helping blind and visually impaired BART riders enjoy the train rides efficiently and while efficiently and safely getting to their destinations? Well, I mean, I would say more effectively instead of efficiently, um, because we, you know, it, it. Number one, we are. I am, I'll speak for myself as a blind user, writer. Um, I'm more, you know, reassured um, and um, being on the platform and um, with the announcements, I know what, you know, stop um, in case, you know, I'm, I'm get distracted and I know what stop is coming up um, and, you know, what station is coming. Um, and, um, I know if there's a problem, I can call the operator. Um, and, you know, it just, uh, it, it's more effective that way, I would say. Yes. So it, it, it does take a little bit of the, um, the, not so much. I mean, I, I'm not so fearful. No, anymore because I, I ride BART like almost every day. But for a new, um, blind user or rider, um, it, it is more reassuring to ride BART now. And, and we learn from, um, our shortcomings, you know. So, for example, that this, this story that Sherry would, would let off with, uh, where she, where she was running for a BART train. And because our our BART trains vary between three cars to 10 cars, mm-hmm. it, we you don't necessarily know where they are on the platform. And so, but w- what we've done is we've added these three foot by four foot directional bars at the four center door locations. So regardless of the train length, that's where you can find a door. So it sticks out past the platform edge. So so we're we're learning and you know between each car we have these fingers, these intercar barriers to so people don't mistake that as a door opening too. So so we're following the ADA code, but we're also you know very receptive to to learning and to, to receiving input of how we can make BART better. Are you guys planning to have any more workshops and meetings on improving accessibility on BART? Um, this is Sherry. I would love to um, partner again with um, Bob and his team and have another um, workshop at a BART station with the cars and maybe this time have it on a weekend if we can work that out to get um, different um, riders who maybe work during the week and could not attend that event like we did before. Um, and, um, yeah. And I also think that the, um, the town hall that, um, Bob spearheaded a couple weeks ago was, was very, very well attended. And I got a lot of positive feedback from that. So if we can, you know, maybe in six months or so have another one of those, that would be great too. 
Yeah, and, and our partnership with Lighthouse has been great, and, mm-hmm. and it it seems to we we really enjoy getting the input from from members of of the blind community, and we'll keep we'll keep hosting these events. How did the partnership start off to host these events and improve accessibility in the first place? <laughs> well, like like Rob was saying, we uh, we kind of met at. Uh, at the 50th anniversary, Bart's 50th anniversary, um, I was tabling for Lighthouse and, uh, we just kind of started talking. And, um, I think seeing the track mock up was, uh, started the conversation. So that's just networking. Networking is how things happen. <laughs> yes, it um, is. yeah. And also, I just, I also want to say again about the Bart maps, the tactile maps that, um, Lighthouse, Produces from our MAD lab, our media and accessible design lab. Um, these maps are very, very effective for, um, blind and low vision riders because they show, um, the three levels from the street level is one map and then it goes down to the concourse level and then it goes down to the platform. So, um, even before a person steps out their door, they will know um, tactily um, where the bus stops are. And then they go down to the concourse where all the, um, the stairs and the escalators are and the elevators and the BART, um, the, um, the, uh, the rider, the, um, I'm sorry, the offices are, and then it goes down to the platform and um, they show where the, um, the tracks are. So they're very, very effective for a blind and low vision rider. And of course, the other map that Bob was referring to was the, the whole, um, BART system, um, as a whole to see where the, where all the, um, different, uh, the, what do you call it, Bob? The, the stations, all the, the stations. The, yeah, the, the lines. yeah. The system, the system map. So they're very effective. And, um, if, if the, if each station can get their maps, our maps, that would be great. And, um, anybody can contact Mad Lab and, or adaptations, which is where we sell them. And that's adaptations.org. Um, they're very, very, um, useful for the riders. Everybody, how might we learn more about accessibility improvements on BART? Um, so we have a couple avenues. We have a BART Accessibility Task Force, which is a public advisory group that meets uh, on the last Thursday or the fourth Thursday of each month where we discuss accessibility issues and talk about upcoming projects. Uh, we have a BART.gov slash accessibility page. Um, and then you can always reach out to BART if you have a suggestion or a question. And then however you reach out by email or you know, customer service or phone call. And if you ask for the accessibility issue, you're going to get our department and it will be responsive. Everyone, we appreciate your efforts improving the accessibility of BART service for its blind and visually impaired train riders. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having us.
Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. In my show archive, visit speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.